podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Novak Djokovic wins the Paris Masters, wins his 40th Masters title, and now we have the final eight competitors confirmed in Turin. In this episode of The Countdown, we're going to be going through them. Yep, exactly that. We'll also speak about the WTA finals, which has just concluded. Iga Sviontek took the title, her first title there. And we have a lot to say about the state of play of the WTA. So sit back, get comfortable and get yourself a nice cold drink or a hot drink. And welcome to this week's episode of The Countdown. Djokovic wins the Tour Finals for a record equal in six times. Right, we're back for another episode of The Countdown. And we had Paris. It came, it went. And a lot of the competitors, the top ones, they all disappeared in the first couple of rounds. But that didn't affect the level of competition and the interest in the tournament. Maybe it was the Novak Djokovic effect. Maybe it was just the incredible three-set matches we were getting throughout the tournament. But I think all in all, a fantastic uh, display from everybody that was in that tournament. And Djokovic included, Dimitrov, obviously the other finalists included as well. Yeah, I think the viewing figures this year speak volumes. Uh, So many people were interested in Paris. We had a lot of viewers watching our live streams. And that is because we was watching pure and utter greatness personified in what Novak Djokovic was able to produce. He was simply sublime. He's 36 years old. Doesn't look like he's getting older. In fact, looks younger than ever. And he's probably produced one of his best ever seasons ever. I mean, 2021 was pretty good. 2023, you could argue, was just as good. And there's nothing this guy can't do. He was only one game away, or sorry, one set away from the Wimbledon title. And that would have meant that he would have won all of the slams this year. So what he's producing on a tennis court, is just simply in, in, insane. And watching him in Paris play against opposition you'd expect him to beat in certain aspects. And what I'm talking about that is with Greek Spore, um, Dimitrov, I'd have expected him to beat. And there was one more, maybe. Uh, Echeverry, you'd expect oh, him okay. to beat quite easy. Now, the Runa <laughs> and Rublev one, you don't expect him to beat in the same way you would do Dimitrov or Greek Spore or Echeverry. Uh, but Greek Spore and, and Greek Spore's particularly really pushed him hard but that's well. so much resolve because I don't think Djokovic played actually that good and he come out and said that himself uh, maybe that's a good place to start yeah. because he said I tried to do my best under the circumstances have I played my best tennis I don't believe it I haven't played the level I usually do in big tournaments but still he's won a Masters 1000 and that's title number 40 you can scroll down and see just how much it means to him with the weird sort of tree trophy, what they have in Paris. I do like it, I must admit. Um, But yeah, he wasn't at his best for large spells of this week. He had a stomach bug. Yeah. I thought his serving was a little bit off at times. He seemed to be off balance. He made a lot of backhand errors on one of the matches. I forget forget which one it was now. 
and it wasn't vintage Djokovic, but still, in moments of need, when Rublev was playing really well, when Runa, everything was coming together in that second set tie break, he then regains himself. Third set, he's back there again. Next game, he's reset. He's back again playing good tennis. And I don't know anyone else who can do it. I don't think there is many players who can do what Novak Djokovic does. Simply, no. a lot of them cannot get off the pier. No, that's exactly right. And, uh, go check out the short if you haven't done so yet. It's a good analogy of uh, Djokovic and how high he has set the bar, really, when it comes to level of tennis and consistency at the top level. What It's just that one thing that we always say about him. It's consistency. And I know that we sort of spoke earlier off uh, the stream about Djokovic because I can see why some people who are just sort of new to tennis don't really understand why Djokovic is that good. Like, Because when you watch him play tennis, he, he looks like... He, well, he makes tennis look easy. You just go, oh, it just goes back in the court every time. Oh, it just goes back in the court every time. Oh, do you realise how hard these guys are hitting the ball at him to try and hit winners past him? And he just gets it back, gets it back. And then he'll start moving them around. He doesn't necessarily need to hit winners. He'll just move you to the left, move you to the right, drop shot, and he'll get everything back that you throw at him. And to the point where you saw, unfortunately for Andre Rublev, you saw a man like implode like at the end where he eventually just double faulted and gave the match away uh, on the last point of the match which was really heartbreaking for Andre Rublev but that's what Djokovic does to you and that's what has to be appreciated he's that good that even when he's not even at his peak level he can still produce tennis which can beat the majority of the tennis tour if not all of it I'm sure there's a few people out there that if they're on their best day, they might have been able to take him out, but they weren't there. Yeah, something I want to pose to the viewers and yourself. You touched on it there, saying that Djokovic makes the sport look easy. And we're going through a transition stage in tennis with a lot of the big players coming to the end. Federer's just retired, Dow on his way out. We need a lease of life in tennis. And I feel, with the way Djokovic plays, making it look so easy... I'm not sure if that is good for the sport. And what I mean by that is for new people to get involved in watching tennis. And I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. This could be a very unpopular opinion. I'm sure it will be with a lot of Djokovic fans. But I feel the Djokovic fans who are here right now are true tennis lovers. They love tennis. They appreciate the game. They maybe play the game in their own time. And they look at Djokovic as a role model. They look at they, they love everything he stands for. And of course, what he's able to produce on the tennis court is simply sublime. And they, they acknowledge that and they can understand that because they understand tennis and watch tennis or play tennis. If you're none of them things and you're just an avid sports fan, are you going to really get involved in tennis watching Novak Djokovic and the way he plays the game? I don't think it, w it is something which will draw as many people in mm. because he... He makes tennis look too simple. He makes it look very basic. He doesn't show it in a way which I feel makes it look really difficult. And that is all credit to him because of how good he is. But if you're some one of my friends who don't watch tennis and I show him a Novak Djokovic match, they'll watch it and think, oh, tennis looks quite easy. It's not that hard. Who wants to watch a sport what, what looks easy on the TV? 
you watch football, you see what they do. It's like, you can say some players, they're effortless. They make it look easy, like a Busquets in the middle of the field or Chavi when he was doing it. But still, they have that wow factor. And it's like, it maybe with if you're not a true football fan, it's difficult to get involved if you don't really know what what level it goes to. But I'm just throwing a different approach out there and something for everyone to think about. Because I feel, and I'm not just being, I'm, I'm not being biased when I say this, but someone like a Rafael Nadal, you watch the way he plays with the athleticism um, and the way he moves around the court. Of course, it's not as sustainable as Djokovic, and that's why he's had so many injuries. And that is why Djokovic is the greater tennis player. Um, but it does draw more new fans in. And you could argue Alcaraz has a better impact of drawing new tennis fans than what Djokovic does. And that is a, an idea I want to throw out there. And you can de debate it in the comments section. You can debate it right now with me. But yeah. I think that is a genuine thing. What do you think? I think that you raise a valid point because we are moving into a new generation as well. Um, I think from my personal experience of watching Novak Djokovic... Is, as a tennis fan. As a tennis, tennis. Yeah. I feel that he has grown on me. Like, because like growing to know the sport and growing to love how like it's like an art form seeing someone on a tennis court and I don't think you get to appreciate Novak Djokovic's game until you start to really understand how difficult tennis is and how high level all of his opponents are at all of these tournaments when you understand how good all of those players are you it puts everything into perspective how he's doing what he's doing and it's sort of, I don't know. I don't really understand how he does it. That's the thing. It's, it's mind-boggling, really, to me, how he's able to do that at that level, at that age, and that consistency. It's, it's, it's like superhuman, almost. But the question is, I know that with you, but would avid tennis fans or people or added, avid sports fans who aren't necessarily into tennis, would them, by watching a Novak Djokovic match, think, oh, my gosh, I need to watch a lot more of this? I That's think more the question. If, That's the angle I'm going yeah. at. I'm not so, talking about you. So I'm not about... tennis fan. If you're not a tennis fan already and you're coming new to the sport. Well, if you, you like it, you like a little bit of tennis, but you're not a big tennis fan. Are, are you going to be able to convert new tennis fans to watch the sport just watching Novak Djokovic? At the, in this current Certain way? matches, yes. But I'd say if it was the general match, maybe not. Because the only, the only problem with his matches are... People probably look at his matches and just go, oh, it's another Djokovic win, won't bother watching that. That's the problem with some of his... He's beating everybody too much at the moment that I it becomes... What about with Greek sport? It wasn't yeah, like but we didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like that in that match, but this is what I mean. People will see but I don't think that playing. was a very saleable match. I don't think if you watched him there, you'd think, oh, wow, I need to watch more of this. Greek sport was the better player for most of the match. He had yeah, the, the better, better stats, stats yeah. in every, every department. And Djokovic won just all the big points. But what uh, do you really admire how hard that is and really truly appreciate it if you're not a hardcore tennis fan and you actually understand what goes into that? That's why we appreciate Djokovic and we know how great he is. But I don't think it's good. If you want to increase the number of tennis viewers globally, Djokovic think... being at the top, I'm not sure if that is the best uh, way of doing so of course we can't control it he's the best player and rightfully so he should be there but yeah. is it going to get more people involved in the sport i don't know i'm not sure if it will 
And I think that the one key factor, which... Uh, it makes it look far too easy. Alcaraz doesn't make it look easy. He's scampering around. He looks in trouble a lot of the time in the rallies. He, oh, is he going to get there? Is he not? You can have that with a bit with Djokovic, but he looks so much more controlled. He looks so much more composed. There's never that element. It's like in a film. If there's no... If, if you're watching a film and there's never a, a stage where the hero's Danger. in trouble or yeah. gets locked up before they kill the, the, the wild beast... That's, that's how a plot of a story goes. You need to have some... There's actually a word for this. I studied it when I studied media, but I forget. But in a, in a story, there's a part of the story where there is some adversity and then how are they going to overcome that adversity? With the Djokovic matches, they seem very controlled and when it's not going his way, it just doesn't look great. But then he's always going to win the big points to win the match. I don't know how watchable it is, for new people who don't appreciate the sport. And I keep saying the same thing, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I've been thinking about it a lot. I think that the one thing that I didn't touch on when I was saying that last bit was like new fans aren't going to appreciate defensive tennis as much as they will appreciate offensive tennis. Like, And he's such a good, like, hence the name The Wall, a lot of the time. He can get everything back. And he doesn't need to go on the front foot and attack with like, he can do it and we've seen he can do it and he can hit winners after winners, but he doesn't need to. And a lot of the time he relies upon his defense, how good he is defensively to beat players. And that's probably why you do see, oh, Kyrgios might get in the headlines because he's hit a forehand at 150 mile an hour or something and just gone like, way and done some fun funky little dance or something afterwards. That'll get in the headlines a bit more and get people more interested because it's a bit more like flair involved in that type of thing. And I can get that. And that's why I feel like he's a purist style uh, player for the real hardcore fans, Novak Djokovic. Okay, uh, interesting. Well, let us know in the comments section, what do you think? I'm not taking anything away from Djokovic. <laughs> just put that out there, disclaimer. Especially celebrating Djokovic I, I, on this I, I, episode. It's, it's I am around. celebrating his greatness. He is simply <laughs> incredible. And, I mean, it fits very nicely into our next piece because we're going to be speaking about Turin because the final eight are there. Djokovic is right at the top of that list. And what I wanted to do today, Ben, I'm throwing it to you, why we're on the episode because you don't know this is planned Ooh. but we now have the eight players confirmed yes. i would like to together have a ranking system from eight to one yep. on i don't know you can just do it on who you think is the best chance of winning you can look at it or just i don't want to just do them based on level of players but let's just look at this tour finals in general and i want you to tell me We've got these eight names. So we've got Djokovic at the top with 9,945. Pretty crazy. Alcalá second. Medvedev third. Sina fourth. Rublev fifth. Sissipas sixth. Zverev seven. And Holgoruna made up the final spot uh, because her catch wasn't able to do so. Taylor Fritz struggled. Dimonor struggled towards the yeah. end. And this is the final eight. But I want you to tell me your top eight in order. And I think we'll start with number eight. Well, exactly right. I mean, I mean uh, let's uh, have a look at the whole list just so we can see them all there as well. So we've got Djokovic and I don't know if I spelled his name wrong there. That's a bit of a disappointment. Djokovic. <laughs> anyway, uh, could have picked a better one. I would say based upon, I'd have to go based upon recent results and past performances at the tour finals. We've got four previous champions 
at, uh, in this eight. So we've obviously got Zverev, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, and Novak Djokovic. <sighs> it's going to be really tough for me to put Alcalaz very high in this list. And I know that I'm probably going to get some... You're going to put him eighth. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to put him eighth, but I'm going to put him quite low on this list. And that's my personal opinion. Might be. And it's the time of the year thing as well. I'm sticking to it. And I was right about Paris. And I may be right about the tour finals as well. So I think maybe this time of year, maybe he's another Rafa. Maybe the indoor hard courts aren't yet his thing. I think that he can maybe grow to, to love them. But I don't have him very high. I think Zverev has really disappointed me in the past uh, few tournaments and I it's between I think it's between Zverev and Alcalaz down there to be honest I'd okay. maybe put Alcalaz at eight maybe Zverev seven wow so I'm no not... we do one at a time Ben don't jump the gun here all right I know you're getting keen I'm just trying to make <laughs> something on the side all right so we nice. can share it on it's the PowerPoint. screen <laughs> um it's not a powerpoint but I mean I can uh, just make this a little bigger and then I'm going to share the screen and you'll be able to hopefully see everything I've just been working on while you're talking. So nice. we've got a little online. Look at that. Okay. Can you see that? Oh, it's very fancy. <laughs> Couldn't even get XL up. I thought that would have been a bit better. But never mind. As long as you can get the, the names in there. You can see that. looks good, I think. Yeah, That's what you need. I can write on this. Fancy. I might so, knock another one up in the post-production. No, you don't need to do that. So you've got Alcaraz. Yeah, I'll pop eight. him at number eight. Yep. I think that is utterly disgusting. I think it's so disrespectful. I feel like it's just not needed. You just, like It's just not right. I don't know why you're <laughs> so against him. I'm not against him. I don't agree him. with it at all. Using logic here and knowledge of what's happened in the past that's all oh whoops back again sorry that's all right I'm trying to work this out that's so all. you go uh, with your number eight then so my eight is Zverev. okay Easy. number seven i already said it so we can might as well just add in Zverev for me there okay so you'll have Zverev. my one let me have a look at your let me have a look at the list i'm having a look there on the side i'm not sure where i was going to go with this one it's so tough. Sissipas, he's been okay. I mean, he's not been that great, Sissipas. Can you just read them out again? Let's bring them up. Well, one well. I need to just look at them all. Zverev, <laughs> Sissipas, Rublev, Sinar. Oh, it is it's tough. A... Make sure you play along at home, guys, as yeah. well. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go for Sissipas. You can put my screen up. All right, I'll pop your screen up. Here we go. <clears throat> Sit, Sipas. Okay, so that's my one. Six for you? Six, I would go with... Um, I think I would go with Holger Runa here. Yeah, I agree. I've also got Runa. I mean, he's okay, but I don't think he's as good as the others. I'm just... Listen, less let's experience just, I need to address this well. Alcaraz one a little bit more. Are you telling me Carlos Alcaraz, he's hardly lost all year. He's been so good. you ranking him as the eighth best player at the ATP Tour Top Finals. Is that just recency bias completely? Just not because really. he lost in Paris early and because he's not played the ATP finals before. And you've got it in your head that he can't play on an indoor hardcore. No, he can play on an indoor hardcore. I just think this time of the year maybe isn't for him. Maybe he needs to build up to this type of 
tournament. I might be wrong. I, he's there. I think he's there to wrong. prove I, me wrong. I think wrong. it's very disrespectful to to put him eighth. But I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> uh, number five. Right, number five. I think I'll be going with Sissipas there at five. Sissipas is your number five. Yeah, he's been to I a think... few semi-finals recently. Okay, this is getting tough now for me. I think I'm going to have to go. I think I'm going to go Rublev. All right, we'll get your little screen up again. Yeah, this is the top four is where it really starts to get tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've both got the same top four. Oh, no, we don't have the same top four. Yeah, you've exactly. got Alcalá's not in there, but I've gone for the sensible big four, and you've not so, gone for the big so four. I'm going to have Rublev at number four. Yeah, I thought you would. That makes sense. And I'm going to have... Sinel here is number four. Nice. Do you agree with that? Clearly not. <laughs> well, I'm not, it's not my number four, but <laughs> yeah, this one's going to be really interesting because we've obviously got some new new faces there. We've got Yannick Sinner. We've got, um, what, do, what do we call it? Runa and we've got Alcalaz. And this is their, I believe this is their first uh, first yep. bit. I've got this other graphic I'll just bring up quickly so you can see here. Djokovic, 16th appearance. Alcalaz, first appearance. Yannick Sinner, second appearance. Apologies, not first appearance. I don't know why I said that. And then Holger Luna, yeah, first appearance. So, yeah, we got sixth appearance for Zverev, fifth appearance for Sissipas, fourth appearance for Rublev, and fifth appearance for... Daniel Medvedev as well. So Djokovic has got probably more than all of them put together. But, right, so if we go to my number three, this one's really tough because it's either like, is it Sinner's so time? you Sinner, Medvedev, Djokovic, and I've got Alcalaj, Djokovic, Medvedev. I'd have to go on a bit of form, to be honest, and I'd have to say, I'd have to put Medvedev here. It's <laughs> tough, though, because it, it could quite easily be deer in the headlights, Sinner. Because he's been playing so well, but is it going to continue? Don't know. I'm also but... going to put Medvedev here. Oh, here we go. So I'm sure you know who's my number two by doing that. That means Sinner is at Djokovic, number two. Yeah? No, nope. Sinner, Sinner at number two. <laughs> and then you know my number one already. Yeah. So I guess you've got to wait for mine now. Is Alcalaz going to be number one? Hopefully Ooh. it is. Please put Alcalaz at number one. You're bigging him up so much. Djokovic as oh, number shame. one. And then, of course, Alcaraz as number two. I think um, everyone's getting on to him too much. That's unless Roman Sefulen comes in for his no, alternate. He's, he's had a few injuries. He's, <laughs> you, you're being super harsh. I, I honestly I'm believe joking, you're being I'm super, joking. No, you're being far too much on right. Carlos Alcaraz. It's not right. Can't get rid of this dot. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I've got a bit of What about the line underneath? Are you nah, that's fine. <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah, he's my number two because Vamos. I think he has been exceptional this year and he's been the second best player on tour. We're looking at it for a duration. I think he can compete at the big, at the top level. When the pressure's on, he's going to deliver. I'm not sure if Rublev can. I'm not sure if uh, Sissipas or Zverev... Well, I know Sissipas and Zverev certainly can't deliver on the big big pressure. And I'm surprised you've got Sissipas higher than Runa. Looking at your list, I think you've been utterly so disrespectful to Adkaraz and it's a real big error. You've just looked at recency. 
Um, I think Zverev one you've got pretty much right. Rune, I agree with you. It's a pass. You're overstating him massively. Uh, he's probably going to be checked out by then and uh, not be that interested. Badoza, him, Turin, a lot of sites. They're not going to be wanting to play tennis. Um, <laughs> You've been harsh on Sissabas, to be honest. I um, think he's the come back one, to I can form. Understand. But that's, they're the ones I disagree with you on. Uh, I think Sinner, you've pushed him really high. He's got the ability it's to big do that, risk. Though. But I can understand the Sinner one. I like it. Makes sense. But that's my thoughts on everything. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Let's and before we move on, let's look at the potential seedings. Because we have the potential here, Ben, to have a group of death. Uh, the seed, so this is a tweet. I'm not sure who put this out. Morgado. Was it a Morgado tweet? And it writes here, uh, the A2 Finals 2023 lineup set. Seedings can still change, but these pots are very likely. So you'd have Djokovic and Alcaraz, uh, Medvedev and Sinner, Rublev and Sissipas, and Zverev and Runa. And I think yeah. it's very clear what the group of death would be. <clears throat> that would be, for me, Djokovic, Medvedev, Rublev, Zverev. Well, you put Runa above Zverev in your thing, so I don't know how that works, but I, I know what you mean. Uh, Holger Runa, we've not seen him at the Tour Finals before, so it's a bit of an unknown entity going in. The Yannick Sinner one, it's, actually, it's tough yeah, for me. Maybe Runa actually in the group of death. <laughs> That's what I now mean. You it's, say it. <laughs> it's a tough one to pick, but for me... Yannick Sinner, we only seen him play at the Tour Finals before. The reason I didn't think he was there before is because the only time he played was as an alternate when Berrettini dropped out. And then we came in and he only just lost to Medvedev in a final set tiebreak, who eventually went on and won the whole thing without losing a match. So Sinner's done well at the Tour Finals, I would say. And I don't know, I'd say... I'd say Djokovic, Medvedev, though, definitely. If they're in as a group together, that's bad for Djokovic. I think it's got to be Rublev after his performance against yeah. Djokovic. And then Holger Luna, I'd put in. Yeah. I wouldn't go Zverev. I'd yeah, go Luna. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe Runa as well. I do think it's actually quite good. Um, I like the the pairings. Mm. Yeah, and I think we're going to see two well-balanced groups. That's my take because I think it's it's well done. What do you um, think's worst case scenario for Carlos Alcaraz? The worst case for him is Sinner, Rublev, Zverev. Yeah. <clears throat> I think them three. This could be some cracking matches. I think he's matches. done all right against Runa. He always kills Sissipas and Medvedev's tough, but not as tough as it is for Yannick Sinner. Well, when he plays Yannick Sinner. But anyway, let's move on. That is yep. the end Let's conclude that section all together and move on to a little bit about the WTA because yes. I got to cover the match the other day, the final. I know you was unable to because you was out at the time. Uh, I don't know if you want to bring up the eager tweet. but Yep, let's do it. She won the event. She's broken records in doing so, only dropping, I believe, 20 games um, yes. to go on and win the title. She beat Crazy. Jessica Pagula. 6-1, 6-love in 59 <laughs> minutes. She's going to return to world number one and finish a second consecutive season on top. So things are looking great for Iga. I think Sablenka's had a fantastic uh, year and she's kind of, I don't know, she's let it slip a little bit. I feel like she's fumbled the bag, really, with this and she's allowed yeah. it out of her grasp when she had it sort of won. 
uh, Eager kind of gave up on it a lot. I think it was a few few weeks ago with Silva coming out in a press conference saying, yeah, she's not focusing on trying to get number one. That's why she pulled out of the event. But yeah, Sabalenka was unable to capitalise on her position. My thoughts are, we've got the eight best players um, and it just didn't seem too great of a quality. It just seemed like most of the matches, there was one player all the way up here, one player right at the bottom. <laughs> Yeah. In every match. I mean, there was bagels, breadsticks. I understand the conditions were poor. I understand the weather was very bad. So the courts weren't good. The weather wasn't good. I understand the crowds necessarily weren't out in the early stages. And there was even some matches, um, which we can go on to maybe in another countdown, with the doubles for specifically, where there was someone who went round and there was not one single person watching a doubles match. Um, so I don't know what that has to say about the state of doubles. But still... There was a few, lot of issues ar- around the event. I think it was badly done and I'd like to see it move yeah. to another country and location next year. Despite that, there's no excuse for the level of tennis we saw. I thought it was abysmal at times. I thought Pagula was terrible in that final. Iga did okay, but still, just Pagula just was not good enough going into the net. It was terrible to watch. I didn't enjoy it and I don't think it is very good for the WTA and the sport. Uh, to have the final eight, the best eight players all coming against each other. You should be seeing excellent tennis. And it was an absolute shower of beep. So that called it what it was, a shit show. So I thought some of the matches, like you said, we covered some of the matches. We didn't cover all the matches, and I'm quite glad we didn't really now, to be honest. Uh, A lot of it got rained off, and it was just who picked to go to Cancun during like a stormy season, I'll never know. I mean, the CEO's got something to say about it. He said he just came out and just fobbed everyone off, really. He just said, I know the conditions aren't ideal and the court's not great, but let's just make the best of it. <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah, great organisational skills from you. Anyway, enough of that. I thought Pagula, you called it. She got all the way to the final, looked amazing, then was absolute crap in the final. That's what... Well, you said you said that that's what happened. I said three sets. What do I know? Nothing, quite clearly. Um, Coco Goff showed a lot of promise, and then all all that this finals is going to be remembered for is when she served four double faults in a row for me. And that's what that's what my takeaway from Coco Goff at the WTA finals. She was looking great until she served four double faults. So it's just very very strange, yeah. like. Levels. Looking out the group, Sabalenka wasn't competitive against Iga. Um, Iga did really well. She, Brilliant. She did play some good tennis, and she is she a real. Good. Like what she's doing is breaking a lot of records by some. Yeah, I mean Serena's in trouble. <clears throat> Steffi Graf's in trouble. She's coming for all of the titles. She's coming for all of the records. Yeah, Iga has a lot more chances of breaking all the records on the women's tour than Alcalaz does on the men's tour. Oh, definitely. I think that is a very um, popular idea. Like, everyone would agree with that. And look at this. So, this is what I said earlier. So, this is total games conceded uh, after winning the, the WTA Foes, 20. The <laughs> previous record, Serena Williams in 2012, 32. I mean, look at the numbers. It's, like, it's just nowhere near. It's almost half. <laughs> I mean, going into that final, they were saying like, oh, it's quite close with like some of the others. And then to lose one game in the final, I mean, what do you say? I saw a, there was a quote from Jessica Pagula that actually came out before the final as well. 
And they were asking her, oh, where do you think you are with uh, American women's tennis? And do you think you're like a pioneer and all of this type of thing? And she's just like, I don't really know where I am, to be honest. I think Coco is really the one who's carrying, like, carrying the flag right now. Um, I'm just sort of enjoying playing uh, tennis. And th it was like the worst thing you could say. No, it didn't seem like any passion. No, like, oh, yeah, I'm playing some great tennis right now. I'm going to go in that final. I'm going to win it for, like, America. I don't know where I am right now. What? I don't... Come on. Let's have a little bit yeah. more passion in the, in I the game. I want to see some more mentality monsters on the women's tour. It's just not. There's, there's a bit missing for sure. But I'm still optimistic for the future. And hopefully 2024 can bring some brighter things. Uh, let's move on to the next yeah. segment of the countdown. And you know what it is. It's latest news. Right, so what do we have on latest news today? We've spoken about Djokovic, we've spoken about the WTA, we spoke about the ended race, so we now have the final eight players. What we haven't spoken about is another kind of race, and that is the next gens. Ooh. So let's see who has qualified for that. I always do like this event. So yeah. who we have is Arfa Fies, uh, Luca Van Asher, Dominic Stricker, Flavio Caboli have qualified. Uh, Bayer has received Ooh. a wild card. Brilliant. And you've got Alcaraz, Runa, Massetti, and Ben Shelton who do not want to play. Okay, so let's tackle that first. Alcaraz, Runa, we understand. They're playing in the tour finals. <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. Massetti, Ben Shelton, should they be playing? Yeah. If you've got the opportunity to play it, I think Shelton should probably play it. Do they, do they feel it. that they're too good for it? I think so. I think that's what we're seeing right now. Seeing that they're giving it the big one and uh, maybe go to that. Maybe there's some good experience that can be gained from that tournament as well. I know it's a different format, but you win that tournament. Sometimes the winner of that tournament goes on to big, uh, bigger, better things. But oh, I can tell you the winner of the tournament. So 2017 Chung. Didn't really go on to anything. 2018, Sissa Pass. 2019, Sinner. 2021, Alcaraz. And 2022, Nakashima. I mean, aside from Nakashima, who's not mm. really reached up to the heights yet. Sissa Pass, Sinner, Alcaraz. Not too bad, is it? Yeah, really good. Nakashima sort of uh, plateaued a bit this year. I thought he was on a good trajectory, making the a few slam first rounds and that type of thing. But we haven't really seen him do too much since he lost to Kyrgios was it in five sets at Wimbledon but yeah I mean Shelton's been to a slam semi-final now a, a quarter and a semi I think so is he just thinking this is just too small a tournament for me now he's won his first uh, ATP event now as well like is this just for more for players that haven't won other events really on the main tour would you say that or do you think that they should still be competing in it well they've got the option to but ben shelton and lorenzo massetti clearly feel that they're a cut above the, the next gen finals i can understand it in one way i know gil gross says he likes that he don't think that they should play it because that's not what that tournament is all about it's about players who are sort of finding their way on the atp tour you could argue that ben shelton and massetti have already found their way yeah, um, but I don't know. If if I was a tennis player, I would have entered it. If I was Lorenzo Massetti, I would have I would have entered. Um, I think it's good to show that. I think it is good for your confidence as well. It's good to show. Okay, so I've been on the ATP tour longer than some of these guys. I feel like I'm 
better than it, so I'm going to go in and win it. Devil's Advocate. What better way to do it? Devil's Advocate. Go on. It's like a lose-lose. You're expected to win it if you go in. If you don't win it, then everyone's like, well, look, they're not really that great. They know that they're 15, 16 in the world, Ben Shelton. Yeah, but if he doesn't win that, that attitude. I feel I like shouldn't. as a professional athlete, you should believe in yourself and be confident. So Lorenzo Massetti and Ben Shelton should be confident that they can go in and win it. Another... Otherwise, you'll never be a top athlete. If you're not confident in your own ability and what you're able to do, it doesn't always work out. You're going to lose sometimes. You should never go into any match or any tournament thinking you're not good enough and you can't do it. Self-belief is so important in sport. And that's for that reason alone. I feel Massetti and Shelton, if they don't have that self-belief and they're going into it thinking, oh, I'm scared to lose because people are expecting me to win, they're never going to amount to much anyway. Because that's not the, you don't win anything with that attitude. Another thing to bring up, and I know that it is the elephant in the room, let's say. How much money do you get for uh, playing this event and maybe winning it? Because now I've been in a slam semi, earning the big bucks. Do I want to go down to a next-gen finals where it maybe doesn't pay quite as much? I mean, so what does it pay? So the prize money uh, was 2.275 million. So... Two wow. million, almost two and a half million dollars, and that's distributed amongst the players. Pretty um, good. That's that's what it was. Yeah. So I says oh. the prize prize money worth distributing counts to the players' totals, but it, I don't know if the winner just gets one point four. I say just. I think it's not bad. The total prize pot is two million, and then the participation fee of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So just to take part, you get a pretty good wedge. I feel like it is better than other. Events, well, this is right? in Saudi Arabia, this one as well, don't forget. Yeah. Oh, isn't it? Which one's this one in? So this is still in Milan. I oh, no, is it Saudi Arabia from this year? Yeah. Yeah, so this, this is year. in Jeddah. Jeddah yeah. and Saudi Arabia, they've got exactly. a contract for four years. So Get yeah, over that money's there. only going to be higher. I mean, I'd be Jeddah. straight over there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'd be straight over there. If they're looking for another alternate, I'm, uh, I'm up for it. Well, that's our thoughts on that one. So moving on. Right, on to the next one. I know Actually, this one... Actually, quickly, before we do move oh, on, no. go back to it, sorry. Who do you think is going to win it? Hopefully... And who are the other people who are going to be entered in? That's what I was going to say. There's not just them. There's going to be other people. There's eight in total. Is that not correct? Okay, yeah, so let's I'm bringing it up here. I mean, you've got um, Hamad Medvedevic, Alex hmm. Mikkelsen, Arthur Kazoo, and Luca Nardi would be kind of next in line. But I feel shelbaya has got a wild card, like you saw. Hmm. So, yeah, let's just wait and see until we know all the names. But the four names we do have confirmed, who's your favourite? Oh, v, Stricker, Van Asher, Kaboli. Straight away, for some reason, I, I would go Stricker. That's weird know. you do that. I'm, I'm instantly drawn to Fees. Yeah, those those two are the main ones. But for some reason, I'm going Stricker instead of Fees on this okay, one. Okay, I'm more of a Fees man. Um, but let's move on. Takes Fees for... Each podcast he does. Exactly. <laughs> right. There we go. This one, we'll go on to the Greek. It is Stefanos Tsitsipas. And in a recent interview, uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas suggested that winning the ATP finals is bigger than winning a major title. Wow, that's pretty big. And he's, this is what he said. We all gather together and we get to play against each other and focus on the facts that we are the best in the world trying to fight for this mega trophy, which is a grand prize in our sport. It means a lot. I would consider it probably bigger than a slam, honestly. Wow. 
What big words. Um, no, uh, would be the instant answer I would go for. I understand where he's coming from, probably because he's won it. <laughs> 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 but there's just part of me that just feels that when you can prove yourself over the course of two weeks in a Grand Slam, um, that is much more of a, like a painful process to have to go through to prove yourself uh, to be able to win a big event. It is on indoor hard court, which uh, we don't have a slam on it. So it's the closest thing that we do have to an in, indoor hard court slam. And it is, you are only playing the best players in the world. So I do get what he means there. But sometimes the trickier matches against people you've never played before. And that's why a slam is very, very interesting. And this one, we they've all got head-to-heads. We know that. I've always said Stefano Sissipas is the best person to ask about our dilemma and our non 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 ad what's it debate we've had for many many years now. What was the best thing to win? What what would you rather do? Win an ATP finals or get to a final of a Grand Slam? Well, Stefano Sissipas has done both of them things, and I'm sure if we was to ask him, he'd say I'd rather win the ATP finals. If he's saying it's already bigger than a Grand Slam, then of course he would rather win the ATP finals over getting to a final of a Grand Slam. And I've always said that to you, but the loser mentality inside of you can't accept it. Well, I think you're just going after the money, to be honest. Probably more money. money. I would rather win than come second. Can you not understand that logic? Yeah, I can understand it. But this wasn't the original debate anyway. I know that we, you kept moving the goalpost. We started off with winning a tournament, then it went to winning a Masters, then it went to winning the Tour Finals. Which so... is an ATP tournament. I said it started off, would you rather win an ATP tournament or get to a final of a Grand Slam? You said it depends on the tournament. I said any ATP tournament. And then if you look at any ATP tournament, this is one of them. It is this one is of a them. licensed ATP tournament. The Nitto ATP Finals. Yeah, it's a pretty good one, but you have to be good throughout the whole year to be able to win this one. Uh, yeah, so let you us win know. A... I don't agree with Steph though. I don't. I don't believe that winning the ATP Finals is bigger than winning the Grand Slam for sure, because a Grand Slam is so tough, best of five format. You have to do yeah. it over the two weeks. It's grueling. You play against some really good players, and it's yeah. relentless on the body and the mind. So I feel winning the Grand Slam is the ultimate achievement in tennis, but still. I would rather win the ATP Finals than get to a final of a Grand Slam. Let us know in the comments section, what do you think? Do you agree with Ben? Do you agree with me? I think Ben's just got it all wrong there, but <laughs> let me know what you guys think. Well, Steph's in the best position to uh, make the judgment, and he's going with the ATP Finals. Um, something that isn't quite the ATP Finals, but is happening in London. I know that we moved to Turin now we've got something back in London again, which is great. And no, it's not regular tennis. It's UTS. <laughs> That's right. And that is happening over, the, well, the end of December, beginning of, uh, no, end of November, beginning of December. And it's in London. It's at the XL. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I'm quite happy that it's coming to London, if I'm perfectly honest. I think that we needed a little bit of tennis now that we're missing out on the tour finals. Yeah, and the tickets aren't too bad. I saw someone saying it's about £30, which isn't that bad at all. Yeah. And you never know. If I can get a ticket, I might even go. It's a nice time of the year as well, just before Christmas. If I can get some tickets, I think I'll be right there. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, I think they've got some good players confirmed in there as well. So I'll be excited to see 
Who's going to be playing? Do you know? Do we know the the exact yeah, people? Are they all confirmed? Or yeah, but you put them on the spot. I don't know. That's all right. That's why. That's why I didn't want to say it. But I, I can, you can I try and make a fool uh, of me. I, th- I could guess right. Rude, so Rublev, Rublev, Monfils, and Monfils. Rude are the main ones. Yeah, yeah, that are in it. So some big players. That's quite exciting. Yeah. I'd be happy to go and watch those lot uh, smash a tennis Especially ball Monfils. around. Oh, this is perfect for him. This tournament, UTS and Monfils. Sign me up. Right, let's move <laughs> on to the final or the... Well, it's not really the final because we've got an extra one now these days with the Q&A at the end. Ooh. But it is Tennis Shootout. <laughs> right, this is where me and Ben ask each other a question. We've got 30 seconds to answer and yep. then we both get it wrong. <laughs> that is, tends to be the uh, running theme. Hopefully we can get one right. Uh, in this episode, um, do you have one, uh, one prepared or I've got one that's uh, we've really been clutching at straws with these questions to try and keep it loosely related to the tour finals. Now, I feel that we've looked through all of the stats so many times that probably we'll end up picking the same question to ask each other soon. So this one, hopefully, I think it's relatable to you in some sort of way. And it is definitely relatable to the tour finals. So the last, so we'll get oh, you're thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go first oh. just while it's fresh in the noggin. So I've just got to keep Before it you up there. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it will happen. <laughs> so, right, get the thirty seconds up. Ding. Right, I've got it here. So the last person to qualify for the tour finals uh, in 2023 was Holgaruna. As we're well aware, he qualified in eighth place. But Holger Luna only won one tournament in 2023. Can you tell me which tournament that was? <laughs> Go. Uh, we'll see one this year. <laughs> and when did he win it? I think this he won is... it in like... Was it on the clay courts? Got 15, 13. I feel like it might have been he won something on clay. He won... Um, was it in Sweden? Mm. No, not Sweden. I'm going to oh, go... Oh, that's um, it. That's the time okay, up. Right. Let me just go for... He's won... Oh, I don't know what he won, man. Is it you, Mag? It's not. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason that I posed this question to you, because it sort of relates to you. It sort of relates to both of us in a way. Wind back to an Irish pub in Portugal, watching oh, on a TV. <laughs> and, it wasn't the clay court, sir. And he defeated yeah. none other than... Boutique van der Zandstrup. Yeah, that's right. We watched and, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And that was uh, the match that he was down match points, I believe, and then was injured was and in came April? back. And won- I was going to say April. Yeah. yeah, it was. Did I say April a second ago? I think you said around that time. Yeah, I thought that's when it was around. But yeah, oh well. There you go. So that's why it was sort of relating to you. I thought maybe you'd have a flashback of that. It's the Bavarian Open, the BMW Open oh. in uh, Munich, I believe. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, that was an entertaining one. Just take you back there, a little bit of a, I don't know, whirlwind back to Portugal. Right. An Irish pub. 
Yeah, that was a bad <laughs> one from me, but I got close. Right, your question. Oh, I get the time. And I'm up. interested to know if you know this. So, as you know, with the tour finals, you have round robin matches, you have a semi final match, and you have a final match. The question I've got for you is what is the fewest number of points you can get for participating? Go. Okay, I'll start the clock. So fewest number of points for participating, what, uh, and not getting anywhere. Just the fewest number of points you can achieve well, I, after playing in the tour finals. Well, I believe it's zero. I think it's not the same as the women's. You don't get a okay. participation trophy like so the women's. You don't women's get participate. Okay. I don't believe so. I think that that's it. You just get a flat zero and you come out and then that's it. You failed. That's how it should be. <laughs> right, I'll stop the clock with two seconds. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, it's correct. It is zero. <laughs> Ding, ding. <laughs> What's the maximum you can get? Uh, maximum's 1,500. Yeah, I knew that was obvious, so I had to go for the minimum. I've, something I was actually trying to look up before this one, I was trying to find out, um, I don't know if anybody knows this and can put this in the comments section, but I couldn't find the answer to it. What is the lowest number of points anyone's ever qualified for the tour finals with? I was trying yeah, I to find that. that as well. Yeah, one can, of the other weeks. It's hard yes, to work out. Just when well, you'd have to literally go back and be looking one by one, yeah. which didn't have time to do. But let us know in the comments section if you know that one, and uh, yeah, we'll give you a shout out on next week's episode. Yeah, well done, Ben. One nil to him. He's got something <laughs> right just before we go into Turin. But let's move on to the final section of the countdown. Make sure to like that video, subscribe if you're new. This one is your questions. It is the Q&A part. Right, so I put out a post uh, just to let everybody know that we'd be going a little bit later this week just to allow for the WTA finals to close. And... Uh, as you can see here, just Djokovic and JG on this post and saying, ask a question. And I thought that we might get a few more Djokovic-related questions for you to maybe answer. But let's have a look to see what we uh, what we got from all of the people there. Thanks, everyone who liked the post as well. Up to 91 there. Pretty good. And we'll pick a few of these. We'll go, go down and see. We've got Gene in there straight away off the bat. This one, go on then, Gene. We'll take this as a question for me. As a part of the Nole Fam Club, what are your biggest dreams for him next year? And do you think you can get closer to Connor's record of 109 ATP Tour titles? Well, yes, I do. I think that he definitely can. I think he's got more than a year, another year on the tour. And he only has to win 12 more events. I don't even care if he drops down and just wins 12 250s. That would be good enough for me. <laughs> just do that. But I've got a feeling he's going to be winning more slams. He's going to be winning more big tournaments. I think next year, I want at least two more slams from him. That's my. That's that's a, that's the benchmark. That seems low these days for Novak Djokovic. So I want two more slams. And I want maybe in total six titles. I think that would be a, a 
good year. So and you then don't the, want him to pass Connors. Oh, no, I don't think it's going to happen next year. I think the year after that, we'll get a few more. And then as his career winds down, he'll be like, I'll move down to the 250s now and start just cleaning up the records. So that's what I think is going to happen. Right, next question. Right, let's move down. So now that the Big Freeze era is nearing its end, I feel like the next-gen Medvedev, Sissabash, Rublev, Zverev will likely dominate because of their experience of battling hard against the Big Three despite failing short. These next-gen Alcalas Shelter may not be as dominant as they are hype. Just my thoughts. What do you think? Uh, I disagree. I don't think uh, Sissabash and Zverev are cut from a tough enough cloth. I think we'll see them win bits and bobs. They're not going to dominate, though. And I think it is in the hands of the new breed. I think everyone's saying that's going to happen, and I believe it will. I feel we are relying on Alikalaz, Shelton, Sinner, these guys to produce big results and do well, Runa as well. And there will be, I think, my prediction, the next few years, someone we're not talking about at all, who's going to mm. come in, who can rival these players. Maybe they'll come out of the next-gen finals, but we'll never know. If you never entered it, then you'll never know. But yeah, I, I think that these players are a big fixture, uh, Alcalaz Shelton that is and I think Shelton will be a main fixture on the tour I think that his game style it has longevity because he has that massive serve and he has a lot of good uh, other attributes that he hasn't fine-tuned yet either so I'm excited yeah. cheers for that Keith uh, next cheers. one we've got is from Maddox is that what it Maddox says Maddox is yeah 75 uh, do you think Sinner is ready to win a Grand Slam next year. He's my favourite young tennis player. Well, we did a podcast on that not too long ago. I think it was last week, yeah. the week before. So go check that out and we speak at depth. But initially, yes, I think he can. I really yeah. do. I think he's got a real shot of potentially winning one. So, totally Yummy agree. Cookie, next. What do you think of Sissipas and Zverev and their prospects of winning a Slam in the coming years? I feel like we've already answered this one. Um, it's pretty much similar to the other one. Certainly got a, a good chance, uh, but I don't see him dominating. They can definitely win a Grand Slam, I feel, yeah. post-Novak Djokovic. Yes, I think there's going to be a lot up for grabs as once Djokovic hangs up the racket. But what age will he hang it up and what age will they be at when he does? Uh, that's the that's the big thing. I think that they have to get past Alcalaz as well and whoever else starts shining bright. This, this one, I think we need to get down to some JG questions. There's already going to be a few on here. Uh, honest question for JG without his bias. Oh, okay. How many Grand Slam titles do you think Djokovic will end up with? I like that one. 27. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's so possible. I mean, that's only yeah. that's, that, could be that could be the end of next year. Yeah, I think he'll end on 27. That's my prediction. Yeah, he'll end next year on 27? No, end is correct. Oh, okay. Just checking. Okay, right. On to the next one. Another one for you. It's one saying about Rafa. I'm sure you're pleased to get one here. If Rafa returns to good form in 2024, who would uh, least want Rafa? Who would you least want Rafa to face in the French Open finals? Is it Novak or another player? Good question. Um, yeah, I like that one. Who would I want him to least face? I think. It that's a good okay. question because I would actually want him to play. I would like to see yeah. him play. I'd like to see him play Djokovic in a final. Yeah, I think that has something which is special. Spice. I wouldn't want him to play Alcaraz. It's like the changing of the guard type. I, just, match. I wouldn't want him to play Alcaraz. It has a, a 
feel like it wouldn't go Rafa's way. It would that would be the time he wins Roland Garros. <laughs> Who would you want him to play? Casper Ruud. Casper <laughs> <laughs> Ruud every year, please. <laughs> exactly right. Lewis uh, United. Okay. What's next? Uh, saying realistically what is a good year for Rafa next year surely there can't be an expectation of a slam win but would maybe the Olympics medal and a run in a Masters final a run to a Masters final be a successful year or should we expect more of that I agree with you Lewis I think you're spot on I feel a realistic year season would be if he or a great season would be if he can win the Olympics or go really deep if he can win a Masters or go super deep I'd like to see him win something. I feel if he doesn't win anything when he comes back, it will be a disappointment. Yeah, writing um, on the wall a little bit then. Yeah, that that would be an unsuccessful well, return. If he doesn't win anything, it's his last be year. Unsuccessful. He's announced I don't it. think a grand slam's really possible, but you can hope. It's his last year. He's already said it, so hopefully he does win something. I don't want him to go out on a year without winning anything. And this one is my favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> your favourite move three spaces JG on a scale of 1 to 10 how much do you like Novak Djokovic <laughs> a um, scale of 1 to 10 7 oh it's quite good or 6 oh six it's hour. gone down <laughs> it's gone down <laughs> instantly oh, so at least he's above the halfway stage but that's a good one thanks for those questions everyone yeah, thank you. And make sure to leave some questions next time we put a post out and we'll answer them on the next episode of The Countdown. But for now, we'll see you later. See you in Turin when we will be covering the ATP Finals. We do have a lot of content coming uh, after the tennis season's over. We'll be doing some reactions to our predictions last year. We'll be doing a season review. We'll be doing an awards ceremony. And we'll also be doing, hopefully, some player podcasts and also some podcasts with some very very uh popular figures on social media so thank yeah. you everyone for joining us and watching this episode or if if you're listening on spotify please give us five stars go check us out on spotify too like this video subscribe if you're new and we'll see you for another episode very soon indeed and don't forget the draw for the tour finals is tomorrow. Make sure to join us for it. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.